You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you are somewhere safe and warm. Um, right across uh, across the country, we have inclement weather all across the country in different parts, even down in the south. So hopefully uh, you guys are tuning in from somewhere safe and warm and that you uh, – that. Uh, you're not not out there trying to fight and battle, especially since the sun has went down with the inclement weather out there on the highways and the byways. We want to thank you guys for joining us tonight here on the Rates and Lanes podcast. I am your host, Rico Muhammad. We will have our esteemed uh, transportation attorney, Mr. Hank Seaton, who will be joining us a little bit later on in the show to take your questions. Of course, we got a question out there, a couple of questions out there for you guys. We would like to get some feedback on you uh, from you guys out there that's actually doing this deal. Want to know um, what has been your experience when you have arrived late to uh, some of your appointments? Are you ha- are experiencing any kind of abusive behaviors? Anything that uh, you know there's not really uh, anyone to tell per se, but we would like to have some feedback from you. And also, have you ever been in a situation where you have had a load rejected? Uh, we would like to get some feedback from you guys tonight on that, on those two particular questions. If you could go ahead and press number one. Also, we may have uh, someone that may be able to help us out. Mr. Jeff Davis is with uh, Hank Seaton. So if you got any questions about how to do a data queue or any type of uh, compliance issues, we got someone that may be able to take that question on for you tonight as well. So you can go ahead, as always, press number one. That puts you in the queue. I advise you to please try to go ahead and get in early. We got a long laundry list of things that we want to get to tonight. With that being said, let's get jumped right into it tonight. This week's USDA report, um, we have a lot of movement has taken place once again. Not as much as last week and the week before. Uh, we have more adequate supply is coming back into the supply chain. Got a lot of people that are starting to come back to work from the holidays, and also um, we just have more people showing available trucks all across the country. So we do have some areas that are reporting shortages. There still may be opportunities to be had on the spot market, and we're going to tell you exactly where those areas are. First area reporting a shortage is Idaho, Merle County, Oregon, Upper Valley, Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho, Minnesota, North Dakota, Red River Valley area. New York is still showing a shortage of trucks, and wrapping that portion up will be Columbia Basin, Washington. We have about three areas that are reporting slight shortages. Those areas with the slight shortages are San Luis Valley, Colorado, Michigan, and Mexico crossing through Texas. Those three areas are showing the slight shortages. The rest of the country is kind of leveled back out, reporting adequate supply of loads to trucks in those areas. There is a link up on the Facebook page for the rates and lanes with Rico Mohammed to the USDA uh, truck rate report. 
you can go click over there and that gets you a copy of the report. It should be there for your viewing pleasure right now. Jumping over from the USDA, jumping, moving into the DAT trend lines for this week. Um, for the week of January 7th through the 13th, rates edged down slightly for all three equipment types last week. The national average van rate stepped, uh, stepped down two cents, and reefer and flatbed rates dipped by one cent. The lower rates are still higher than any point in 2017. However, truck posts were up significantly following the two holiday weeks. Snowstorms in the east plus drivers adjusting to ELDs continue to affect productivity. Jumping into this week's van demand and capacity report, dry vans, the load-to-truck ratio dropped last week after hitting a peak Prior week, van load posts increased by 12%, but truck posts surged 54%. As many truckers returned to work after taking time off for Christmas and New Year's, that caused the national load to truck ratio to drop 27% from 14.7 loads per truck down to 10.7 loads per truck. The national average van rate also moved lower. Taking a look back historically, van load posts increased 12% in December compared to November, and truck posts fell by 14%. As a result, the December load-to-truck ratio increased 31% to nine van loads per truck, the highest monthly average ever recorded in DAT trend lines history. December's ratio was 139% higher than it was in December of 2016. Taking a look and moving over to see how rates were performing for dry vans on the spot market for the week of January the 7th through the 13th. After climbing three weeks previous, uh, after climbing three previous weeks, last week's van rates finally receded, dipping two cents down to $2.28 per mile on average. Still a very high rate for dry vans. The van load-to-truck ratio also moved lower, hitting the highest level ever recorded in DAT trend lines in the previous week. Taking a look back historically at the rates, the national average rate for van, excuse me, the national average rate, van rate for December hit $2.11 per mile, up $0.04 cents compared to November. That's the highest monthly average ever recorded in trend lines. The rate was 38 cents higher than the average in December of 2016. Taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checking in, showing average spot market rates at $2.29 per mile. Moving down to the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing $2.44 per mile for dry vans. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois checks in, showing a very hefty, strong $3 per mile for dry vans coming out of Chicago. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas checks in, showing an average spot market rate of $2.05 per mile. And coming out of the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California, wrapping up, 
the dry van report showing an average spot market rate coming out of Los Angeles at $2.71 per mile. That will wrap up the dry van segment of the VA's report. Let's move over and see how flatbeds were performing uh, the, the demand and capacity report for flatbeds. And excuse me. I almost forgot I'll be remiss in my duties. We're showing that the average diesel price for uh, across the country has edged up slightly by 1% to an average of $3 per gallon as a national average for diesel prices. Now, moving back, jumping back into the flatbed load, uh, flatbed demand and capacity report for January 7th through the 13th. Flatbed load post increased 35% and truck post increased by 60%. That caused the load to truck ratio to decline 16%, dropping down from 63.5 loads per truck to 53.7 loads per truck nationally for flatbeds. Historically, compared to November, flatbed load post increased by 2% in December while truck posts declined 17%. That resulted in a 23% increase in the load-to-truck ratio compared to the previous month. At 35.6 loads per truck, the ratio was 77% higher than in December of 2016. Let's jump over and see how the rates performed nationally for flatbeds over the week of January the 7th through the 13th. National average flatbed rate dipped one cent down to two dollars and forty-two cents per mile in the first full week of the new year. The national load-to-truck ratio also moved lower compared to the previous week. Taking a look back historically, the national average flatbed rate in December remained at two dollars and thirty-three cents per mile for the third month in a row. Flatbed rates are 37 cents higher than they were in December of 2016. Taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, checking in, showing an average spot market rate for flatbeds at $3.76 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia, checking in, showing an average spot market rate flatbeds at $2.53 per mile. Moving into the Midwest, Rock Island, Illinois checks in, showing $3.03 per mile for flatbeds. Moving down into the south central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas checking in, showing average spot market rates at $2.65 per mile. And moving out west, Phoenix, Arizona being the representative city, showing an average spot market rates for flatbeds at $2.20. $0.04 per mile. Moving over, jumping into the reefer national demand and capacity portion of this report for the week of January 7th through the 13th. Reefer load posts on DAT load boards increased by 6%, while reefer truck posts jumped 46%. Following the New Year's week, that caused the load-to-truck ratio to slide 27% from a record high of 25.2 loads per truck down to 18.4 loads per, tr loads per truck. 
taking a look back historically, in December, reefer load posts increased 4%, while truck posts declined by 12% compared to November. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to increase 18% to 14.1 loads per truck. The ratio was up 73% compared to December of 2016. Now let's get into how the national rates were performing on the spot market for reefers January 7th through the 13th. The national average reefer rate dropped just one cent to $2.70 per mile after hitting its highest level ever in the previous week. The cold weather in many parts of the United States meant that many goods needed to be moved and reefer trailers to keep from freezing. National load-to-truck ratio back down from its peak the previous week. Taking a look back historically in December, the national average reefer rate was $2.46 per mile, which was three cents higher than the November average and the highest monthly average ever recorded in the AT Trend Line's history. Compared to December of 2016, the rate was 47 cents higher. Uh, Taking a look around the country, Elizabeth, New Jersey, starting out for the Northeastern Corridor, showing an average spot market rate for reefers at $2.26 per mile. Lakeland, Florida, being the Southeastern representative city, showing average spot market rates at $1.66 per mile. Coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, a very hefty, strong $4.01 per mile on average on the spot market coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Moving down into the Midwest, or excuse me, down into the South Central portion of the United States, McAllen, Texas, coming up out that Rio Grande, showing a very strong $3.06 per mile on the spot market. And wrapping up the report coming out of the West Coast, Fresno, California, showing $2.88 per mile coming out of the West Coast. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's EAT Trend Lines report, a copy of which is also uh, tagged and linked over on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page. You can go over there and check out a copy of it if you'd like to see it up close and personal for yourself. And now to the portion of the show that I kind of hate doing um, because this list has grown. Last week, we didn't have that many entries. This week, my gosh, uh, I'm kind of perplexed about it. But nonetheless, let's get into it so we can get right on to what we need to get into the meat of the matter with the other stuff. This is the Bad Broker Report. So listen closely. Hopefully nobody's in this situation. We have had a couple people call in and say that they have been, uh, they got stung by a couple of people on our list. So we try to do this to inform you, to maybe catch you, let you catch, uh, catch this before you have any problems and know about it. So hopefully you're taking this down and listening to it. Uh, starting out, number one on the list, Arrow Logistics, LLC. That DOT number for Arrow is 2245111. Their MC number is 689363. They are showing over $31,000 in non-payment complaints. Elite Logistics, Inc. DOT number is 
9761, MC number 761514. There's information that has been received that this broker has over $35,000 in non-payment complaints. TransSafe Logistics, LLC, TransSafe Carriers, Inc. DOT number is 242-819. MC number is 834-717. Surety bond is canceled. Over $8,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Omni Specialized Logist, uh, excuse me, Omni Specialized LLC. DOT number is 285-9209. MC number is 957-641. FMCSA shows surety bond is canceled. Over $60,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. JNC Transportation Corp. EOT number is 223-7788. MC number is 582-574. FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled. Over $16,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Lake, Lake State Brokerage, Inc. EOT number is 221-5406. MC number is 246-129. FMCSA shows trust fund counsel over $12,000 in non-payment complaints. Dash Logistics, DOT number is 257-8900. MC number is 899982. Over $3,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. International Logistics Management, Inc. EOT is 224-6672. MC number is 712-067. FMCSA shows surety bond is canceled. Over $13,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. B Logistics, EOT number is 286-4486, MC number is 960-098, FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled. Over $57,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Overland Express, LLC, EOT number is 223-3795, MC number is 515 790. Trust fund is canceled. Over $30,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Valencia Freight Company, Inc. EOT number is 289-4173. MC number is 972-537. FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled. Over $44,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. TM Express, Inc. EOT number is 224-0572. MC number is 623-133. FMCSA shows surety bond set for cancellation on 1-26-17. Almost $23,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. M&M Logistics Incorporated or Grace Trucking, Inc., that DOT number is 224-6063. MC number is 703-978. FMCSA shows surety bond is canceled. 
over $35,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Micro-Logistics LLC or Micro-Transportation LLC. EOT number is 224-8202. Their MC number is 736-882. FMCSA shows surety uh, trust fund is counseled. Over $151,000 in active non-payment complaints are being reported. Pro-Alliance Network, Inc., DOT number is 294-3284. MC number is 995-803. Trust fund is counseled. Over $59,000 in reported non-payment claims have been reported. Uh, Notice has been received that there's upward of $1 million in unpaid carrier invoices for Pro-Alliance Network, Inc. Drayden, Inc., all fresh, uh, Drayden, Inc. slash all fresh transport. EOT number is 221-5691. MC number is 252-905. Surety fund is canceled. Over $108,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Now operating as all fresh logistics, Inc. MC number is 989 932. Carriers beware, this is a high risk brokerage. I thought that the chameleon carrier thing was supposed to have been dealt with, but obviously not. Uh, Tagney Global Logistics Inc. DOT number is 695. Excuse me. Their DOT number is 659 325. Their MC number is 303 409. FMCSA shows uh, trust fund is canceled. Over $100,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Precision Cargo and Recovery, Inc. EOT number is 133-8449. MC number is 516-196. Over $16,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. FMCSA shows that surety fund is canceled. Cart Brokerage Services, LLC. EOT number is 222-4798. MC number is 354-556. FMCSA shows trust fund counsel. Over $606,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Swiss Logistics, Inc. EOT number is 2235026. MC number is 536-669. Over $72,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. FMCSA shows that trust fund counsel, extreme risk. Willow Creek Transport and Brokerage, Inc. EOT number is 218-647. MC number is 639-595. Over $56,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Phoenix Logistics Supply Chain Solutions. EOT number is 223-5419. MC number is 543-910. Trucks, uh, let's see. Has, we have received information that this brokerage has over $90,000 in unpaid Carrier invoices, a 
extreme risk. Recycling Revolution LLC. This is a shipper. Recycling Revolutions LLC uh, has been reported that this shipper has over $7,000 in unpaid carrier invoices. Billion Pollen Corporation or BP Logistics. Uh, the DOT number is 232-3974. The MC number is 789-146. There are over $33,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Flying Eagle Transport LTD. The DOT number is 134-5394. MC number is 517-898. Surety bond is canceled. Wow. Uh, has received notice of intent for nearly $64 million in unpaid invoices. Good God. Uh, guys, make sure that you're doing your due diligence. This seems to be uh, the it seems to be in vogue now with brokers. This this test is is grown, and I'm just about halfway through it, and I've been reading for a minute. Buzz Logistics LLC DOT number is two zero three. I mean two three two four eight zero two. MC number is seven nine two zero three nine. Trust fund is canceled. Over forty two thousand dollars and non-payment complaints have been reported. Excel Freight Logistics, LLC. DOT number is 284-0834. Uh, MC number is 951-344. Over $6,000 in non-payment complaints. South Coast Logistics, LLC. DOT number is 262-7007. MC number is 911 Trust fund counseled. Over $50,000 in active non-payment complaints have been reported. Jones Express, Inc. DOT number is 308-155. MC number is 200-308. This broker has over $36,000 in unpaid carrier invoices. Intercoastal Wholesale Distributors, Inc. DOT number is 242 Seven five. The MC number is eight three five nine three four. Surety bond is canceled. They are showing nearly twenty thousand dollars in unpaid invoices. Cardi Logistics or Cardi Transportation LLC. DOT number is two seven nine five five eight. MC number is nine two nine four six four. Trust fund is canceled over $23,000 in non-payment complaints. ITL Logistics, LLC, DOT number is 283-1177. MC number is 944-066. Surety bond is canceled, $6,000 in non-payment complaints. Bullet Truck Brokerage, DOT number is 224-9834. MC number is 7 62618, over $17,000 in non-payment complaints. International Service Corp., that DOT number is 221-4387. MC number is 215-893. FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled. Uh, they are reported nearly $10,000 in unpaid 
carrier invoices being reported from Ansonia credit data, they are an extremely high risk. World Steel Inc., they are a shipper. World Steel Inc. is out of Houston, Texas. No brokerage authority or bond. Uh, it has been reported that they have over $12,000 in unpaid carrier invoices being reported from Ansonia credit data. Headman Inc., EOT, uh, number is 224-4758. MC number is 684-165. FMCSA shows uh Shows bond is canceled. Over $3,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. They are now being operated as LeBeau Logistics Corporation, MC number 995-393. It's funny, that's the second one that has made an entry on this list that is now operating under a different uh, carrier or a different name. National Truck Lines, LLC, that DOT number is 288. 9470. MC number is 970549. FMCSA shows bond is canceled. Over $32,000 in non payment complaints have been reported. Postal truck lines, DOT number is 2830090. MC number is 943632. FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled. Over $13,000 and non-payment complaints have been reported. LEI Transportation Inc., LEI Trans Inc., DOT number is 238-5730. MC number is 672-007. Almost $11,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Baraka Logistics Inc., DOT number is 303-9296. MC number is 043819. Um, FMCSA shows trust fund council on 12-16-17. Over $38,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Bosnick Logistics, LLC. The DOT number is 237-6608. MC number is 037-489. FMCSA shows surety bond council over $102,000 in non-payment complaints. Bonita Truck Brokers, Inc. DOT number is 222-3062. MC number is 317-771. FMCSA shows trust fund is counseled. Over $111,000 in non-payment complaints. MLS Freight Logistics, LLC, DOT number is 539-927. MC number is 269-020. Over $162,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. FMCSA shows surety bond is canceled. 48 Express, Inc., DOT number is 221 4160, MC number is 208-969. FMCSA shows surety bond canceled over $18,000 in non-payment complaints. ROM Logistics, Inc., DOT number is 233-8160. MC number is 787-926. FMCSA shows surety bond canceled over $27,000 in non-payment complaints. 
We're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Burbex Enterprises, Inc., 221. The DOT number is 221-5391. FMC number is 245-904. FMCSA shows surety bond is canceled. Over $27,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Jacobs Logistics Corporation, their DOT number is 224-8744. MC number is... 245904. FMCSA shows surety bond counsel over $8,000 in non payment complaints. USA Motor Lines Inc. DOT number is 222-3365. MC number is 324160. FMCSA shows surety bond counsel over $13,000 in non payment complaints have been reported. CNJ Logistics Inc. DOT number is 222-8580. MC number is 420657. FMCSA shows surety bond counseled. Over $105,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. And finally, uh, Grable Florida, Inc. DOT number is 221-3182. MC number is 184224. Uh, information has been received that this broker has over $85,000 in unpaid carrier invoices. That, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this week's bad broker report. What a report it was. Um, with that being said, and without any further ado, we want to get and go and grab our uh, bring Mr. Hank seat up and on board with us. Good evening, Hank. Uh, man, that took up about half the show just trying to get through that bad broker report. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. You're going to become the bad broker show if you keep all those lists together, buddy. Goodness gracious. I, that was a list from hell. I'd love to know how many, I'd love to know how many uh, carrier dollars were stolen out of that bunch. Uh, I know, I know you listed one called Cagney and uh, uh, I think uh, they filed bankruptcy and, Oh, in the millions, so I'm not sure you got all the story there. Jeez, Louise. Well, Hank, it's been a month since we've had a chance to sit down and, ch- and catch up with you. What's what's new coming out of uh, coming out of D.C., something that we might need to keep our eyes on <clears throat> coming up? Uh, well, you know, I think the agency may have been slowed, but it, uh, it, it uh, hadn't changed its perceived mission. I've got with me tonight Jeff Davis, who is a safety expert par excellence, and so I'm going to let him chime in in terms of uh, uh, what we know about SMS methodology. Uh, the agency has not been paying any attention to uh, uh, reform, as we can tell. They may have slowed it down, but they're proceeding to uh, try to reinvent SMS methodology with a corrective action plan. And they're looking for new data to measure, including method of pay and a whole bunch of other things that don't have any proven relationship to safety. Uh, Jeff, is the latest that they're supposed to be down within the next month or two with their corrective action plan, and they're going to take it straight to Congress. That's my understanding. Yeah, I've heard that, too, also, Hank, that they basically they're going to accept some comments, but they're going to bypass the public and go directly to Congress with what they feel is the corrective action to the 
deficiencies that were reported out by the National Academy of Science. And that is going to be an opportunity for anybody who uh, who cares about competition and efficiency and not being hounded by the FMCSA to let their congressman know that this is a bypass job and that they really haven't connected the dots between uh, actual safety uh, risk and, and performance. Which brings me to uh, a couple of other topics that I think are key. Uh, Jeff is uh, my resident expert on the ELD, but uh, he predicted, and I think we're seeing that it's uh, uh, making it very, very difficult for people to comply and get miles and get home. Uh, uh, Jeff and I have been talking about a presentation I'm making about this new trend of guaranteed time of arrival, which basically says you're going to be penalized if you don't get there for a 6 a.m. appointment, so you have to put two hours of, uh, of uh, flash time into getting there, given congestion. If you're late, you uh, have to get uh, you have to get in line and maybe take ten hours off or not get it completed. Uh, it looks like to us that uh, it's resulting in uh, drivers and carriers uh, losing miles and losing efficiency. Uh, and uh, you know, I asked. Uh, Rico, if he'd circulate the question, if anyone is seeing real abuses in that area, uh, you know, Jeff can explain uh, probably better than I can that if you log off to take your 10-hour break and you get a knock on the door halfway through that says you've got to go on duty and unload the truck, your 10 hours starts over. So I'm really concerned about that being an error right at the heart of uh, truckload operators, owner-operators, and uh, and long-haul uh, carriers. Uh, that's something I think needs to be addressed in contracts. Another issue that's a continuing issue is this FISMA compliance. Uh, I hope by now everybody that's got a reefer understands that that guidance is posted by the, the uh, FDA. So is the training program. It alone is not as arduous as people thought it was. You can take a simple training program uh, you can understand what your rights are. Your rights uh, are that if the load might have been contaminated, it must be inspected. If you're told by a broker that you must uh, give them sole discretion to trash the load, the result is your insurance company is probably not going to cover the loss. I'm seeing that as a, a major stumbling stone uh, that needs to be addressed as well. And... Uh, I think those are the basics. If I can, real quick, I'm going to jump in really quickly on that part about if you're being told by a broker that they have to have the sole discretion. They're not necessarily there. They are telling you that when they send over the new uh, packet that they have you sitting out before, have you fill out before they actually give you tender the load to you. So make sure that you guys are actually reading and not rubber stamping these uh, broker contracts when they're sending them over, and if you see something like that, then you need to you need to address that within the contract. Um, yeah, and maybe uh, hey, give, right. give us some tips. Yeah, absolutely right. The, whether you're hauling produce or whether you're hauling regulated products, the basic principle of your rights is if the load is rejected, <clears throat> you have the rights of inspection. 
the consignee should mitigate the damages. If it's uh, salvageable, he should do it at the dock. If it's turned over to you and you got to ultimately pay for it, you should have the rights of salvage. You can very easily waive those rights. If you sign a bad contract, if you take the position that uh, I need the load so bad I'll sign anything, then frankly, guys, we can't help you very much. The only way that you can uh, help yourself is to be sure you know what your insurance covers and not outrun your coverage. Far too many loads, uh, uh, mitigation is lost. It's not a you know, $5,000 two-pallet loss you've got to absorb. It's a whole flipping truckload simply because the uh, wholesale grocery wants it out of their site. So that, I think, is probably uh, the greatest tip we can give you on that end. Uh, Jeff, you have anything from the safety side you'd like to lobby in with? Well, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of movement with the agency uh, in light of the electronic logging device and the AOBRDs. And, you know, the without getting too technical, there's two types of logging devices, and then the mandate of December 18th, uh, provided for the ELD for the very first time. And I can tell you from my experience and my client base that very few carriers, if any, have converted all the way over to the electronic logging device. Most carriers have stayed on the automatic onboard recorder device. And if your supplier uh, that you're using has both options, uh, if you were using the AOBRD before the 18th, and that only has to be one minute of data captured, then you can continue to use that AOBRD for the next two years. And without getting too technical, and I know we don't have the time on this call, there's a lot of things with the defaults that, um, and when it drives you to the drive line and things like that. So is my opinion, you're a lot better having an automatic onboard recorder. And to get back to a point earlier Hank made about a 10-hour break uh, and you're asked to move your truck when you're, you're trying to take a break uh, and you finally get a dock hole to put it into is what the DOT is utilizing in these audits, and I've been in a number of audits involving electronic logs, is they are going to the GPS report and they'll pick up something as small as a tenth of a mile and say, therefore, the truck moved a tenth of a mile, so therefore, the break time that you have recorded here is no longer a break, and then they'll violate you on the 11 and 14 hour afterwards. So more, more information to come on this electronic log and how they're enforcing it. And Hank, if I may, I'll throw one other quick point in here. I hopefully most of you know as you one of the contingencies of producing an electronic log or manufacturing electronic log is that electronic log must be downloadable into a software program operated by the DOT called EROD's. So if any of you have been stopped thus far on the highway in a check, what the officer will do will link up to your system and go in and check the last eight days electronically. 
So the electronic data will be transferred from your ELD through the EROD's program. The officer will sit there and get a report on all your hours of service, and it'll flag areas that will look for uh, different violations. One big one being speed point to point. So be aware that this EROD's program is alive and well. I was involved with some law enforcement last week that have it, have it up and running. And it will also not only be used on the highway, but if you were to have an internal compliance review, they would utilize that EROD system anyway. So again, this thing, as we move towards electronic and digital and every tenth of the mile being measured, we really have to watch how we go uh how we conform with the hours of service. Uh, I think wow. between okay, the that report and what, and what Jeff has just told you, uh, uh, we may have people dropping off the line. Uh, it's a scary prospect <laughs> as far as, as I'm concerned. Uh, it is truly Big Brother is here uh, with, the, with the ELD, uh, and it's scary. One other thing, and I really don't want to take uh, much of the time we have left talk about it, but the agency is uh, looking at what's called personal conveyance, which uh, you would think uh, uh, might indeed help by allowing you to uh, uh, use your truck, even with the loaded trailer attached, by saying that, oh, well, uh, we're using that to, uh, to go get something to eat or something uh, like that. Uh, that personal conveyance has uh, at this point, as I understand, no limitation of mileage. But, you know, that that in and of itself is going to be a, a real problem for the carrier. If uh, uh, a driver becomes involved in an accident and he's been logged on as driving his vehicle for more than uh, 14 hours claiming it's uh, or 11 hours claiming that a portion of that is in personal conveyance, I think plaintiff's bar is going to say, well, Mr. Uh, uh, Carrier, you could control that. And the fact that you let him use personal conveyance to drive your vehicle tired is all the same thing as far as, as causation is concerned. So I think you're still going to have to rein in personal conveyance, and it's going to become a contested issue in litigation. I don't think that's any real answer. So, Rico, with that, it looks like we're down to about... 15 minutes. Uh, unless you got some comments, we'll be happy to take some questions. Yeah, I, I got a couple of things, but I got some people with their hands raised. We want to definitely let some callers get in and uh, and get the prime pump with those. So let's go to, uh, we got Dale. Dale, you're up with Rico, Hank, and Jeff. How can we help? Rico, thank you so much for taking my call, and uh, you're surviving the great snowstorm of uh, 2018. It's Snowmageddon once again, yes, sir. We are hunkered down, and, and, and we're safe and warm. Hopefully you are. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, your, your Canadians are not feeling your pain on the, on the great snowstorm of 2018, <laughs> I'm here to tell you. <laughs> hey, you just put uh, on your Facebook. I'm glad, I'm glad you chimed in. Well, um... Yeah, the e-logs, there's a lawyer starving to death on every street corner, and 
and personal conveyance is going to be that can of worms that really nobody wants to open the bottle and let the genie out. But in Canada, uh, we've limited personal conveyance to a bobtail tractor, and it's 45 miles or less in a 24-hour period just to get away from people repositioning equipment and and claiming personal conveyance when they're actually, you know, making a mile. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how you guys deal with that and, and how that all plays out. But I noticed on your uh, on your Facebook post you uh, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what happens when you're late and uh, and how we're uh, how we're handling that at a shipper and and rejected loads and stuff. And I. Uh, I personally think communication is the key and you communicate with your consignee that you are going to be late and we all drive past Subway and two dozen chocolate chip cookies will usually undo whatever damage you've done by showing up late. It may not put you back in line right away, but it goes a long way to mitigating the problem. And especially with e-logs, yeah, time is money and we can no longer rewrite history, so it's money well spent. Right, right. Well, that's the yeah, first time I've heard the chocolate chip cookie answer to the problem of dock congestion, but I believe you. <laughs> well, in, in Canada, we have Tim Hortons donuts, and I can assure you they are like gold. You show up with two dozen donuts in your hand, and boy, you could do no wrong. That's definitely a good answer, something that somebody can maybe put in their hat to, to help out the situation. But I think Hank and those guys want some more feedback from, uh, uh, you know, just what has been, how has things transpired when you get there if, if things go kind of, if, if the chocolate chips don't work, if things go south, what, how does that whole scenario play out then? They were trying to see if we can well, get some you know, experience from some, from some folks out there. You know, it's... It's you, you get one chance to make a first impression. And, you know, I can only speak from what's happened in my world, but when I've ever showed up late, you know what? There's no point you blowing smoke up the guy's butt and spitting on his cupcake and calling it frosting. You may as well be truthful. And I've walked into warehouses and I've slept in. The alarm didn't go off. I'm two hours late. It's my fault. You take responsibility. You own it. I've, uh, I've had pretty good success with that. Good enough. Good enough. Well, we definitely appreciate it, Dale. Anything else you want to add before we get up out of here? Well, I just hope you stay warm and hope you can dig out from from that great snow event you guys had down there and and stay safe. Absolutely. This whopping one and a half inches has just completely shut Atlanta down. (laughs) So uh, I got a quick question I want to throw back over to Jeff really quickly about the ELD situation. Because a lot of people, you know, I'm hearing a lot of chatter about everybody making sure that, that they're saying in some of the, some of the uh, Facebook arena, a lot of people are saying, well, make sure you get uh, get the ELD that you can edit just like paper logs and stuff like that. And even though it may not show up, I don't, I'm not sure um, how that will work out, um, but how if, if, if a person gets stopped and you were talking about how the DOT has this thing where they can transfer the data over, 
Now, if someone is, is gets caught editing, especially most of the majority of our listeners is one truck Charlie's. I mean, we got a couple of people that's got some fleets that may be listening in, but most of our people are, are one truck Charlie's with their own authority, so therefore they are the motor carrier and the driver. Uh, and if something like that happens, of course they get the double whammy of you know the, the, the fine of the, the double whammy of being the motor carrier and also the driver. How would something like that, um, you know, what's your advice with someone with with the edit button on their ELDs? Well, again, we we got to make sure we understand the difference between an automatic onboard recorder and an ELD. The regulations for an automatic onboard recorder allows for edits, and you can literally go in and edit the log, even drive time. Under an ELD, the regulations state you cannot edit drive time at any fashion or form. Even if you know the unit is in process uh, and it's in violation, a driver didn't log out, right now a true ELD download will not allow you to edit the drive line. So you can edit other parts of the log, but another requirement of the ELD is that the ELD must keep the original log and every edit after that. So if you edit a log one day, say three times, all three of those logs have to be maintained under the ELD specifications. Under the automatic onboard recording device, if you, uh, if you edit, you don't necessarily have to keep all the logs. So. I'll give you two quick pointers to determine the difference between an automatic onboard recorder and an ELD because many of the people marketing uh, these devices are using the term very loosely. But two, two major keys show the difference between an ELD and an AOBRD. The first is under an automatic onboard recorder, there are defaults. There are no set defaults as to when the, the, the e-log must go to the drive line. But under an ELD, if you have a true ELD download at five miles per hour, basically when you let the clutch out, at five miles per hour, it goes to the drive line. So that's the first difference. If, if your device is, if you go five miles an hour and it's throwing you to the drive line, there's a good chance you have an ELD. The second major difference, and there's a lot of other individual differences, but the second major difference that's the real signpost to determine which type of device you have is under an ELD, it comes up with a specific header, display header, name, rank, serial number, CDL license on each log, and it will ask you if the unassigned miles or unidentified driving records accumulated on that truck belong to you if there are any. So in other words, with a true ELD, when you log in in the morning, if somebody has driven your truck or a maintenance individual has run it in a shop and you go to log in under a true ELD, if there are unassigned miles, in other words, the truck moved without a driver being signed in, it 
an ELD must ask the driver and the driver must answer that question before it'll actually go into the logging. So those are two big signposts that tell whether you have an automatic onboard recorder or an ELD. Most of what I see out there right now is an automatic onboard recorder. And again, the, the final thing with editing, whenever you edit, make sure that you are very descriptive and giving the reason why you are making the edit. Just don't make the edit, but you, you describe why you're making the edit. Driver forgot to log out or unit did not pick up the drive line like it was supposed to, and now I'm correcting that situation. Let me ask you this, Jeff. If uh, I have an ELD and uh, I'm pulled into a consignee and he says it's going to be three hours and I want to pop the clutch to go get a hamburger, do I at that point uh, log in as personal conveyance before I pop the clutch? Is there a way to do that or are all miles just miles? Uh, many devices have a personal conveyance icon or button or tab that you can hit in advance to moving the truck. So if if that is if the dock congestion is an issue and you're genuinely uh, told uh, uh, get out of my face, you've unloaded, uh, you've got to go fi find someplace else to rest. That would be a personal conveyance, and uh, hopefully your EOD will let you log it when you move. Yeah, that, that's really a gray area um, because we're running into the, running into this issue quite frequently. A truck will uh, not be fully unloaded, or once the truck is unloaded, the driver is out of hours and the shipper uh, demands that you're removed from the lot. Technically, technically, that is not a personal conveyance move right now as we speak. According to the regulations, some drivers use that. You're literally asked to move your truck in violation, and there's really no good answer. The one key I would give you to that is if you're in that situation, I've had some motor carriers try to call law enforcement for an escort, which doesn't usually work. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that you must be very, very careful with, if you move your truck out of a dock and you're looking for a place to park to take your break, uh, you can't pass 10 truck stops to get to your favorite truck stop 25 miles down the road when you passed one right up at the corner where you could have parked. One final question, and I didn't mean to co-op the, uh, the audience here, but it is a violation of the coercion statute for a shipper or constantly to require a, uh, a, a driver to break the hours of service. Uh, would you view uh, a requirement such as that to be uh, coercion under the statute? I think there's really some grounds for cases to be made, and it's going to take cases like that to be made to really put the shippers in their proper place. They, they've called the balls and strikes for the last 50 years. They've unloaded us when they wanted to unload us. They've taken breaks when they wanted to take breaks. And now that this leverage has changed, look, folks, December 18th, approximately 1.3 million drivers 
move from a paper log to an electronic log. With an electronic log, a driver's got 660 minutes a day to drive. He's got a mandatory 30-minute rest break. That leaves him 150 minutes on his 14-hour clock to load, unload, and do whatever needs to be happening. So in my mind, it's no longer hours of service. I think it is now minutes of service. If we're going to be graded on the minute, then we have to be paid by the minute in order to deliver our loads. Our industry has been built on pick up the load, deliver the load. When we complete the job, we get paid X number of dollars. That has worked for the last 50 years. Now that the playing field has changed, we have to view the number of minutes it takes us to deliver, to pick up and deliver a load and have the corresponding payment along with that per minute. Correct me if I'm not wrong, Jeff, but isn't the, viol isn't the violation, the criminal violation, $10,000 per occurrence? In, in what aspect? For uh, uh, a shipper or broker who's uh, found responsible for coercing a violation. Can be up to $10,000. Up to $10,000 per violation. It's serious stuff, folks. Uh, and... Uh, uh, Rico, are there any other questions? I think we're almost out of time, but uh, Jeff and I'll be happy to answer them if there are. No, uh, I think that, that we only had, we only had the one that was a question that was out there, and um, we kind of ran into a little bit of overtime here. But I definitely appreciate you gentlemen taking time out of your busy schedule to come on with us and try to. I, I kind of hate that I took up so much time with the dang on uh, bad broker report, but I had no idea that it was. Uh, going to have 100 entries on it. <laughs> but, uh, but, but at the same time, uh, you know, that's, that's an eye-opener for everyone out there as well. Just to remind everybody, since we got Hank on tonight, make sure that you grab Hank's book, Rules of the Road. Uh, you can go pick that book up over at uh, transcomply.com is the place where you can go order that. That's uh, another place where you can uh, get more industry information. Also, want to direct everybody that's still listening in that uh, go check out Hank's other website, transportationlaw.net. And, uh, Jeff, how can people get in contact with you if they want to find out, get more information? Do you have any contact information or a website to, to point people to? Sure. Uh, website is uh, fleetsafetyservices.com. Again, that's fleetsafetyservices.com. And uh, if you got a question for me, uh, don't hesitate to contact me. Drop me an email, and uh, I'll do my best to answer it. Everybody's learning through this ELD transition, including myself, but uh, I'm usually pretty good at chasing down answers if I don't know the answer. But uh, thank you very much for having me. Oh, we definitely appreciate you for coming on. I'm going to try to see if I can get that link through that website up and up on board on our uh, Facebook page just in case someone missed it. Uh, since we're not being recorded any longer, we went over the one-hour allotment. But definitely want to thank you guys for taking time out of your schedule. Yes, I got the uh, I got the website up here. We're going to put a link to that website up on our Facebook page just for everybody. If you've got questions for Jeff or we want to get in contact with him, we'll have that up for you. If you missed it, fleetsafetyservices.com. 
like I said, we're going to put it up on the Race and Lanes Facebook page for you guys as well. I uh, want to thank uh, Kevin and Lisa Rutherford and the entire Less Truck team for helping provide us with the platform to be able to bring this show to you guys every Wednesday. And want to thank you guys, the listeners, for taking time out of your schedule. This is a podcast, so if you did miss something, you can go back and listen to the recorded, download the shows, and listen to the recorded episodes for anything that you did miss. Um, and with that being said, I want to thank you guys once again. And we'll talk to you guys hopefully same time, same place next week. And with that being said, be safe out there, everybody. Thank you. God bless you. And good night. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.